Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Actually, there's a lot going on. This is what I'm super excited about, besides bringing our guests onto the podcast. In three more days, this shortened season that we're all living through with sports, baseball is finally happening. So that's what I'm super excited about. Uh, it's going to be so good to uh, get like some little shred of normalcy, the crack of the bat, Dodgers winning the... Uh, what is it a mini world series? What's this going to look like? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you call it, but yesterday they were playing an <laughs> exhibition game and I happened to see what was behind home plate Daryl and there uh-huh. were cardboard cutouts. So talk about getting creative in these times. You uh-huh. can actually pay. So, you know, I live in Southern California. I'm a massive Dodgers fan. You can actually pay. I think it's 149 to $299 depending to have a cardboard cutout with your <laughs> picture placed at Dodgers Stadium, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> oh, that's great. You know what? This is getting creative with the times that we're going through. Think about how creativity flows. I can actually have my nice mug planted in a seat at Dodger Stadium for a for a shortened season. Never digressing here. So are you wearing your selling from the heart t-shirt at behind home plate at Dodger stadium? That's what we want to know. Well, of course, of course. Hey, thank you. By the way, you've, if you're new to the selling from the heart podcast, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. And Larry, as we're uh, right here in the square in the middle of summer, uh, one of the things that has not slowed down um, is just the interaction inside the Selling from the Heart Insiders community. It has been a, uh, as we've been talking about in the podcast, it's just been such a joy, uh, sort of blast, and it's been incredibly encouraging, the interaction with all the different members of the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. And it's done exactly, you know, it, it was, again, we're talking about being creative, right? It was the whole idea of creating a sense of community around being genuine, being real, being authentic, and what's the coolest thing about it is people are waving the flag left and right saying, yes, finally, right? Somebody's speaking yeah. this language that's starting to resonate all over the world. Well, it's, it's so much fun. If you want to check it out, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and you can learn more. But today's guest, Larry, talking about, talk about uh, selling from the heart, bringing <laughs> it, being real. Uh, this is, this is, I've been looking forward to this interview all day long. This is going to be guaranteed fun. This is a, put your seatbelt on. Uh, even if you're not driving, if you're at home, put your seatbelt on. This is going to be a uh, barn of a conversation. This is going to be so much fun. So why don't you introduce our guests and let's dive in. I, I can't wait. I have to give a backstory on Sherry Levitin just for a second is um, I was so looking forward. I was honored to speak at the second outbound conference and that's where I met Sherry and I'd been dying to meet Sherry and, and so forth. And there I am meeting Sherry and I was kind of intimidated. I was nervous. I'm just being flat out honest, 
But the one thing that I really totally, and this, you know, selling from the hearts half, I had just, I hadn't even started. It was about halfway through writing selling from the heart. So finally, Sherry and I are, are meeting and I still remember this and Sherry, you and I can talk about it when, we, when you come on the podcast. But I remember, I knew Sherry was the real deal when I opened up and I remember this as plain as day. I still have it on a back of a napkin. Sherry penciled out some things that forever changed how I altered and brought selling from the heart to life. She doesn't know it until right now, but I, re- I remember that day and that was, gosh, late. That was 2017, I believe, 2018, something like that. So I can't wait to bring Sherry Levitin on. She's a kindred spirit. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about selling from the heart. Sherry Levitin, welcome to selling from the heart. I'm just a cutout, Larry. This isn't real. <laughs> I can start in there because, you know, I, we can monetize this now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sherry, you just gave us an idea. <laughs> why don't we, hey, Daryl, why don't we just get cardboard cutout sell sponsorship stuff on Selling from the Heart and hey. have them just sitting there? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you can have a whole audience find you. This is <laughs> This is so good. The ideas on the napkin continue. Thank you, Sherry. That's fantastic. <laughs> on for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that? That, that Larry, so good. Really, I, I, so I've got good. it for you. I've got it for you. And Larry, no, it's my pleasure. And um, I had heard about you before I met you. And uh, what I can tell you is that everyone I had ever spoke to, you've got to meet Larry. You've got to meet Larry. He's got such a great story. Uh, he's such a wonderful guy. And he can sell like a madman. And, and really, it's that balance, right, that it's all about, because you have to have the heart and the authenticity, but you also still need to be able to roll up your sleeves and ask for the order. And I yeah. think there's a lot of people that don't know how to do both, right? So they're, they're either all heart and no courage, right? Or they're all sort of this courage, old school stuff without heart, and, and you really have both of those. So oh, good, man. Well, that, and that really just brings us, brings, tees up the question that, you know, every guest on Selling from the Heart gets, and I feel like you've half answered it because that was really, really true and powerful stuff. But Sherry, when you hear the, the word selling from the heart, what does that mean to you? Well, it means a lot of things and actually the meanings changes over time, right? Um, but if you look at the core part of the word courage, the, the Latin word courage, C-O-U-R actually means heart. So I think it's important that when people talk about selling from the heart, yes, of course, we mean empathy. Of course, we mean mean putting the customer first. Of course, we need mean vulnerability and all of those things we talk about. But it's that balance of, I feel that if you care enough about your product, your service, your family, and yourself, you have the courage to make mm-hmm. difficult calls, to ask the difficult questions, and to do what it takes to stand out in this world. And I will tell you, there are so many salespeople, they don't have the courage to ask difficult questions. They're scared of being embarrassed. They're scared of being rejected, or um, they're frightened what it'll mean about them. They don't follow up. They don't have the reliability. So I really think when we talk about selling from the heart, we're talking about the balance between heart and empathy and vulnerability and courage. And you got to have both. That is so good. And, you know, just speaking of courage, because you know, I'm, I'd like to take it just one step beyond the courage. And I'm going to add in another C word called confidence. Mm. I'm, I'm a, 
and where I'm really starting to see it is in these challenging times that we've all been faced with here, you know, over the last several months is the higher up that I've seen in the food chain. So in other words, the higher up I've seen in sales based on seniority or tenure, I'm starting to see the, that vulnerability and heart sometimes gets pushed aside. The confidence level is not what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And these are the times where we have to bring courage and you got to bring confidence. And that's why I'm a big believer that we have to work on ourselves as sales individuals, as sales professionals, you know, and I'll play on the, you know, get to the heart of what matters is we have have to have enough confidence and courage in ourselves to be able to ask those questions. And I'd like your feedback on this, Sherry, because this is, I always love sharing this is I'm a big believer, the more comfortable as a sales professional, the more comfortable that you make somebody feel, the more comfortable they will be in sharing uncomfortable things that are going on inside their organization. And it's that alignment that you were talking about. Yeah. And you were saying something earlier um, about confidence. And I just want to backtrack for a minute because there's a great Harvard Business Review article Um, that talks about, you were talking about leaders, and that it says that leaders that come in with too much confidence and too much competence right away and not enough empathy, they actually scare people and they don't accept them and they don't trust them. You're talking about giving space. On the other side of the coin, leaders that join an organization or that are leading an organization that are, are all heart and all this empathy people will end up pitying them. And so really giving somebody a safe space within an organization means that I've got to show that I care about you first before I show how much I know. Now, I think that probably goes back to Zig Ziglar. Nobody cares how much you know, (laughs) how much you care. It's all, you know, ways of saying different things. But I do believe that, yes, um, when we're selling or whether we're leading, coaching, managing, whatever the case may be, yeah, we have to give people the space to feel safe and to feel comfortable. Uh, And I also believe that in our society, we put too much emphasis on thought leaders and speaking abilities. And John can talk to anybody about anything. Well, what if John could listen to anybody? You know, what, what, and really what all of it comes down to is our ability to listen and not to judge. And particularly now, I mean, the conversations, masks, no masks, um, you know, how politicized things are, how ampy people get. And, and um, you know, it's our ability to really listen to an opposing point of view and trying to find out where somebody else is coming from, which is at the key to answering objections. It's the key to building community. It's the key to doing anything. But I think that um, for some reason, we take it personally uh, when somebody has a different opinion or a different feeling from our own. And, and I'd like to ask you, why do you think that is? Why do people see it as a personal affront? You know, whether you're on this side of the aisle politically or that side, whether you, you know, feel this, whether you feel that people are like offended if you don't see things their way. Where's that come from? Wow. I I don't know. It is just, you know, it is a, it's a culture of offense in so many ways. Right. I mean, there's just like in, in it's, it seems like the list of things you have to avoid <laughs> was bringing into conversations. That was just so long in some ways. I don't, I don't know. I, Larry, what do you think? <laughs> I, I always say this is 
I've never one that's been that would shy away from a healthy conversation. And maybe that's another way to rephrase it is, mm-hmm. you know, all three of us may not agree on certain things and that's okay. But what prevents us from having a healthy conversation and sharing our viewpoints, right? And let's think about this in a sales context, right? I may not agree, you know, as a sales professional, I may not agree with how that executive chooses to, how they're positioned things, right? Or some of the information they may share, but we can have a conversation around it and get people to think about things through a different set of lenses. That's what I'm, that's what I'm really afraid of, Sherry and Daryl, is, you know, as the sales world now, in my, this is straight my opinion, is we've forgotten, I'm going to add another C word in there about connectability. I think a lot of us have just forgotten how to truly connect with somebody. And that means that interesting statistics, Sherry Turkle wrote a book called Reclaiming the Conversation. And she said that empathy in first level in first generation smartphone users has decreased by 40 percent. Wow. That's stunning. Because look what's happening. She also says this is interesting. So for those of you who are driving, um, this is this is interesting um, and you, you can't do it now. But what happens is that even when our phone is on the kitchen table at dinner. Uh, The conversations, she says, don't get as deep because we are so programmed to hearing a ding or ping or something to happen that our conversations with our children and our family members stay much shallower. But this, the other thing, and think of, and this is interesting from a sales context, if I am on this thing all of the time and um, look, we're taught when we text, if we don't like something somebody says, we can ignore it. You know, back when I grew up, and Larry, I think when you grew up, if I made a promise to be at a friend's house at five o'clock, I was there because there was no way to cancel the appointment. <laughs> right? Like maybe you had an answering machine. I'm not sure you heard it or not. But I couldn't like have FOMO on my way there and go, oh, there's a better idea. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to text Larry that I, you know, got caught up or I got called into a meeting. No, right. if I said I was going to be there, I had to be there. And today, I think that one of the things we've lost in, a bit, in addition to connectivity is reliability. Mm-hmm. Right? I always say, if you look at, you know, we all talk about trust in sales and I like to unpack things. What is trust? Um, trust is made of five things, empathy, competency, reliability, integrity, and vulnerability. But it's empathy that gets you in the door. It's the other four that keep you there. But I think we don't think about this reliability factor today that I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to send that brochure. I'm actually going to send you that book. I'm actually going to follow up with you tomorrow. I'm going to actually do what I said I was going to do, but um, that's really shifted as well. Yeah. Hey, you know what, you know, what's interesting. And I, I just want to touch on that vulnerability word that you said for a second, cause I'm a massive Brene Brown fan. And, um, Boy, when I read the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, it kind of slapped me across the face. Sherry Daryl already knows this, but she talks about vulnerability as being a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, right? And, and, when, we, and when we think about vulnerability in the sales context as one of the five things that you, that you mentioned about trust, I'm, I'm just going to throw the why question out is why do you think vulnerability sometimes is so difficult for salespeople to digest and comprehend when it comes to, like you said, building that trust or really get to know somebody or opening up the conversation? What do you think prevents that from happening? 
Oh, well, I think it's cultural. I think it's ingrained. And um, then I'm going to say, I think we can go too far and have a vulnerability hangover too, which is a separate conversation. But when I think about vulnerability and and look, it's hard. Um, And you wonder, I think it's hard for people because we're in a society where we're taught you know, from the time we're children, oh, great job, Sherry, you got an A, you're so good, you're so competent. Nobody ever praised us. I'm training a puppy right now. And puppies respond to praise. People respond to praise. You never punish them. So we were praised for being smart. We were praised for being competent. We were praised for not making mistakes. Nobody went, wow, great job. You totally screwed up that math exam. Nice work. You got a D. Like that didn't happen, right? And so we all want praise. We all want significance. We all want to look good. The problem is, is that it backfires because the guy or the gal that goes to the party that starts telling you how many contacts they have, how many followers they have, what kind of car they drive, how cool they are, they're, they're repugnant to us because we can only really connect through, through failure and through trying times. I remember um, when I was going through a divorce and I felt like a horrible failure. I didn't get married till I was 40. It was my first marriage. And I just felt like a failure that the marriage didn't work after a year. And look, I am not immune, Larry. I did not want anybody to know I couldn't eat. I was like looking sickly and awful and I didn't want to talk about it. And I would go to workout classes because I didn't want anybody to know. And I finally, I remember here in Park City, I finally went to a workout class and in the middle of the class, I just broke down and I just cried. And somebody came to me and I told him. And within five, 10 minutes, the whole class, I mean, there was like, it was small, eight, 10 people. They came around me. And it was the most bonding experience of my life. And I ended up finding two or three great friends who became a support through the whole thing. But I was trying to look cool and look okay. And like, I wasn't scathed by it. Uh And the truth was the relationships happen when I, you know, we all talk about wearing masks today. I think we need to take off the mask. Yeah. Uh We need to unmask and, and it, but it's hard to do because we take a chance. And I also believe, and I'd like your opinion on this, not everybody's worthy of our vulnerability. Because unless I'm with a good human, unless I feel like I can trust you, um, we can be vulnerable with people that aren't good people and that use it against us. So it's difficult. Now, in a sales situation, I think there's, you can go too far with vulnerability, (laughs) right? Like, well, let me tell you, I was a cocaine addict until last month. (laughs) Well, God, I feel really good about you. I mean, look, we've all had problems in the past, right? And you have to be smart about your vulnerability. And I, I love frameworks and formulas for the sales process, but I do not have a framework for vulnerability. (laughs) I I don't know. I, I don't know what Renee Brown would say about that. And I love her too. And I think that's why she's so likable. She is the girl next door. We see our faults in her. And when we can see those faults in others, but I don't know, how do you not get a vulnerability hangover in sales? You tell me. Well, Donald Miller was talking about that um, recently on a, a meeting I was in and, and he was saying, look, be vulnerable, but in your area of competence, be competent. So, you know, be a human being, 
But when it comes to, you know, what you're selling, it's not, you know, this isn't a, well, I, you know, I barely passed the class on this and, you know, I'm not sure that, that it really is a good product. It might be okay. You know, be confident in that. Be vulnerable as a human being, confident in what, what your area of expertise yeah, is. That's so spot on. But sometimes I think we're like the opposite of that, really, because we want to be confident, you know, in, in the, like, I'm this great business person, blah, blah, blah. And we come off insecure when it comes to the value we're bringing to the table. I think we need to flip that on its head. That's why I really loved what you were saying about courage. And that is, um, I mean, it, that is a, a, an ingredient into the selling from the heart uh, sauce, if you will, that is so critical because there's that authentic relationship. There's the vulnerability, the truly caring, the, the empathy and all of that. But the other side of that is having the give a rip enough to challenge somebody. We talked to Brent Adamson last week, right? Have the guts to go in, in your area of expertise, in your area of confidence. And even if it's going to maybe extend the sales cycle, maybe it won't be as advantageous for you. Maybe it'll complicate things, but you know, there's something that can be helpful to somebody, you know, that you go in and you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to push you. Do I have permission to push you? Um, the courage is is such a great part of of this whole authenticity conversation. Absolutely love it. So good. I go, I went on a total uh, rabbit trail there. Here's where I want to go. Though. I do have a question for both of you. <laughs> See, this is what happens. This is live radio, scary, people. Right? You just never know. Here's my question for you in the in the time that we have left, and this goes to to both of you and and. I, you said earlier, when we get this device out, all of a sudden empathy drops by 40%. I, I believe that. However, here we are now, you know, many, many people listening to the podcast were face to face. I mean, they, were, they had the type of relationships with their clients where, you know, during something like the crisis we're going through right now, they would hug them, they would cry together, they would put their arm around them, you know, they would, um, you know, there would, there would be that just human to human interaction and it's gone. I mean, it, you know, we're sitting here like all of us do all day long now on a web meeting. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I was in the middle of a one-on-one zoom meeting with somebody and that little voice in the back of my head goes, you know, they're a live human being that you're talking to right now. <laughs> like I, I had to like recenter myself to go, oh yeah, not this isn't out. television. Not this, that cut out? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're not that cardboard cutout. Cut this is an actual human being. And um, and so so the question is, how can we how can we bring empathy, real empathy into these digital, distant somewhat disconnected virtual environments that we're now living in 24 seven go. What do y'all think? Uh, I'm, I'm, go ahead. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I'll, I mean, I will. It's just, it, and, and Sherry, this is stuff that Daryl and I geek out on. We talk about this all the time is for the last six and a half, seven, eight years, I spent in a virtual world already. Right. So my, my last, it, this is a long winded answer to Daryl's question, but the last 19 months of my career, I was commuting right into downtown LA. 
And nothing worse than sitting in two and a half hours of traffic to meet with an executive that conversation may go 15 minutes, it might go 30 minutes, it might go 45 minutes to do the same thing that I could do in, in a virtual world. I'm not discrediting the face-to-face, none whatsoever. But I learned that if I can deliver the same level of me through a screen, it made when I went face-to-face that much more special. Mm. And it's the mindset that I took. So now here we are in this world that we've faced with right now. And I think a lot of these, and I'm, we're, we're, I'm speaking specifically of the sales world out there that are going, you know, I can't, right? I can't do this. I'm used to the high fives with Sherry and I'll give Sherry a hug and I, and I can't wait to see my clients. Well, guess what? Things are a little bit different. And I think it's how we work our brains that I can still build a relationship. Sherry, you and I haven't seen each other since last outbound, hmm. right? So it's been well past a year. It doesn't mean that you know, I, I can't communicate to you. Doesn't mean I can't call you or send you a message or ping you on a social platform or something like that. But I think what's, what's happened, and then I'll throw your way, Sherry, is technology is wondrous, but when we hide behind technology, it truly becomes difficult to connect with somebody. But when we can humanize ourselves and push ourselves through a screen and invite people into a conversation, That's how we build and strengthen and nourish and grow the relationships with our clients, our prospects. And we can do that same thing on a video call. It's how we choose to view that, my opinion. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm listening to you. I I love what you just said, Larry, about how it makes the live even more special. It's like if I only go out to dinner once every two weeks, it's a lot more special when I get to go out to dinner, right? Than if I go out to dinner every night. Um, and, and that's interesting. I, I will say that um, I had read a long time ago about a hormone called oxytocin. I don't know if you've um, seen any of the literature on it. It's, um, it's the empathy hormone. And it's actually uh, a smell. And you can only have oxytocin released if you're next to somebody, because it's a smell, it's pheromones that you get from somebody. And when trust happens and connection happens, both parties release this oxytocin. And what oxytocin does, it's the same hormone that's released when a mother is breastfeeding or when two people fall in love. And it actually increases trust and researchers have shown cause people to spend more money, right? So hence, that's the sort of science behind face to face. And we've all had that happen. And it can happen in reverse, that you're with somebody and something just doesn't feel right. And you don't know what it is, but it's like, this is not good. Right. It's a, it's, there's actually a pheromone. There's a smell. I mean, there's a lot of things at play here that we can't see, touch and feel. Right. So I love what you said, because you're right. It starts with a mindset, but I also think we have to um, really think about it. And it depends on the situation. Um, when, when, you know, if a manager's training a rep or when a salesperson's getting on a virtual call with a client, I think we have to give some extra thought into how I can connect. And I'll give you an example. I mean, now, you know, we're coaching 90% of our clients. What they want from us right now is how do I shift to selling virtually? Mm-hmm. What do I do? You've taught us how to sell live. You've taught us middle of the funnel. You've taught us how to create value and urgency and do a good discovery. But, oh, my God. 
Now we've got a virtual sales force. What do we do? Um, and I think, you know, you have to just think methodically about, okay, well, first of all, I have a good chance now that if their camera's off, they're paying their taxes or washing the dog while I'm trying to give them my presentation. Right? Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. So I have to remind them to put on their camera. Oh, maybe in my confirmation email, I need to remind them and tell them why. Oh, um, we have an hour planned and it can't really go over because people are back to back today. So I've got an hour, like I better plan out my time. Like, how long am I going to do this? Oh, um, what am I going to do if all of a sudden um, all the decision makers aren't on the phone, even though they said they would? Do I continue with my demo or do I rebook it? So there's a whole checklist of things that we have to think about when it comes to connecting and interacting virtually that we did not have to think about before. I'll also say that one of the, also the shifts in a virtual environment is, um, you know, people only remember 10% of what they hear, 50% of what they see and hear, and 90% of what they say and do. So there's also a tendency to rattle on and to not have as much give and take and not have as much interaction and to just do the demo. So we've got to think of technological ways, of creative ways of interacting with the customer. One of the things we're doing now, we'll literally put up a Google document in the chat and have them type in, you know, we'll ask them questions, have them type them in. Why? Because now I'm involved. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. or um, the use of music, you know, to, you know, at the beginning or at the end, if we're doing a training. But I do think that we need to rethink how we do things and then getting full circle. And then I think, yes, to your point, we can build just as good of a connection. And in some instances at this time, it's even better because guess what? People are actually at home. <laughs> like we know where to find them. Right. I mean, I have yeah. never, I actually, and again, just to be vulnerable, um, didn't feel great about my social life over the last few years. Cause I'm on the road all the time. I'm like, I do not have like a band of girlfriends. I got to tell you, like I got one here, one there, but I don't have like a clan that I see every weekend. And I, you know, it's a, you're on the road all the time and you just don't. Yeah. And um, in the last 90 days, it's like, wow, <laughs> I, I have friends. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, now we're meeting outside, right. doing, you know, different things, but um I also think that this can be the greatest time in the world yeah. uh, to connect with people because they're accessible. They're home. Kids aren't at camp. People aren't traveling on vacation. They're around and they're yeah. lonely and they want to talk. You you bring up something and, and then, Daryl, we will put a bow on this. But you There's something that as I was listening to what you're saying and, and Daryl knows this. I'm a sports geek and a sales nerd, right? Daryl's just a nerd, but I'm a sports geek and a sales nerd. And this is a great, and my, this is my opinion. Again, I think this is a great time for sales professionals to truly connect with an executive because let's just think about this before this situation that we're all involved when ends happened. How often are you able to share a screen, right? And invite people into a conversation. Say, if you want to share a screen, hey, would you mind if I fired up my laptop and, and, and shared some things? Make sure you get on the right side of the desk. Actually, right now, everybody's on the right side of the screen. Mm -hmm. 
So I think this is a great time to professionally elevate your game and connect with people because when you have an ex- a captured executive audience where you can say, hey, Sherry, you know what? I was listening to what you were just saying and it reminds me of something. Hey, would you mind if I shared my screen real quick because I'd like your feedback on something. Yeah. Now you're inviting that executive and I promise you this, they will remember that. Yeah, no. So there's problem. a lot of positive things that can come out from this so that when you do go face to face, they're going to remember moments like that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, on the empathy thing as well, one of the things I was thinking was, you know, over the years, I've, I've adopted just this habit of visualizing success before an appointment. You know, it's just good practice. Close your eyes, visualize a good outcome to the appointment. I think one of the things I want to add to that now is, Maybe just extend that a little bit and try to get inside the reality of the situation of their life, what's going on. Just like recenter myself in terms of my heart, right? Because you go into an appointment and you're thinking about, got to get this right, got to get this right. You know, there's so many things going on. And in the absence of uh, the oxytocin, right, the smell and all that stuff, we got to up our game a little bit. And I think we have to come centered, prepared. Um, not just prepared for the presentation, but prepared uh, at the level of the heart. And that's something that um, I, I've gathered from our conversation today that I'm going to run with. Sherry, what a great conversation, by the way. It's so thankful uh, that you're on the podcast. And uh, it's just, it's been so fun. Kindred spirits all the way. Um, if you could say one more thing to this incredible audience of sales professionals that are totally bought into authenticity and, and what we're, we're cooking up here, what would you say? Well, it's just, you reminded me of something when you said that. So again, authentic moment, I get scared shitless before I speak and I've been doing it for 20 years, like almost sleepless. Awesome. Like really like I am a nervous wreck and I have a speaking coach and I talk to her every night before I go on a big stage. And she reminds me of this. Forget about what you want to say. Think about how you want your audience to feel. And everything will take care of itself. Beautiful. So good. So good. And uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm pandering, I got to say, when I watched you present last year at Outbound, the way you organized your presentation and the presence you brought was probably one of the top five I've ever seen in my life. So wow. I, knowing, knowing how much that takes for you to pull that off, that makes it all the more impressive. So cool. Can't wait for outbound next year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I hope, I hope we can get a little oxytocin. Going that's right. That's right. I'm missing that rush. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, hey, my, my uh, next level business idea for these uh, cutouts that go behind home yeah. plate and are now part of the selling from the heart podcast is can we get scratch and sniff on the oxytocin? We can, we can definitely. No, seriously, do you want to hear what they also say about oxytocin? I don't know if we're still recording. But they, <laughs> we are. They, they we are. Actually, um, had the way they found that it increases trust and money spending is they had customers ingest <laughs> oxytocin. And when they put it up their nose and ingest it, they spent more money. And I'm sitting here thinking, if I can get somebody to stick something up their nose and sniff, I've already got their trust. <laughs> 
Hey, with the next, uh, yeah, this is great. We got, if, if everyone could just light your candles right now as we begin this sales meeting. <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we should come out with a selling from the heart fragrance, Daryl. That's, there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has gone off the rails. Well, Sherry, thank you. Uh, it's been a total pleasure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> to, to the rest of the Selling from the Heart audience, thank you. Uh, it's uh, it, Once again, as we talked about at the beginning, uh, the interaction inside the Insiders group has been amazing. You can check that out at sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. Uh, but until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, add real value, be courageous, build authenticity, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.